Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking about something that is so near and dear to my heart and absolutely critical. Let me say that again, absolutely critical for every business person, and that is branding. You have to have a brand. You have to have a strong brand. And for those of you who are thinking, oh, yeah, does it really matter or my company is important? Yes, your company brand is important, but your personal brand is also as important. And of course, a lot of times those two intersect. So today's we're going to have so much fun because we're talking with someone who is an expert in branding. So please join me in welcoming Cher Biggers to our program today. Welcome, Cher. Hi, Deb. How are you? Thank you for having me. You know, this is going to be so much fun. And because I love talking branding, I think it's just so much fun. But more importantly, I do think it is so important for people to consider. And so many people don't. And so that's why it's going to be great to be talking to you. Yeah, I think that this is a very, very important conversation that most small businesses um, sort of either skim over mm-hmm. or think that it's a, a do-it-yourself project. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is going to be a great topic for your audience. Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit more about you and then we'll dive into this. So Cher Biggers is an award-winning designer, most known for her work with Amazon Fashion and the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. She is the founder of We Are Provoke, a branding and design studio based in Soho, New York, for the up-and-comers in the world looking to build iconically designed brands. They help the small guys compete like the big guys. Their group of world-class creatives normally build brands independently, but excel and shine when they build iconic brands together. Their specialized industries range between beauty, fashion, tech, politics, food and beverage, and hospitality. So again, Cher, welcome to our program. Thank you. Thank you so much for introducing me. I'm so excited to be talking with you. Well, you know, I as I said, I I absolutely love this topic. You know, and and but let's let's go back in time. You know, let's 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 okay. jump in the little way back machine. How is it that you decided that this is your passion in life? Oh my gosh, that's such a that's a really deep question for me. Only because I had a very unique path. Right. Um so right. I didn't actually start in design and branding. I actually started in psychology and neuroscience. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> I um, went to Georgia State University in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I, I at first thought that I wanted to be a psychologist because I gave advice, you know, growing up a lot. And um, I was very much of a creative as a child. But mm-hmm. my my lovely mother, who I love dearly, was terrified I'd be some sort of starving artist. So she said, ah, I need you to like, take a real subject that's gonna like you know be something that's more respectable and right you know so I said okay and I think I was like I think I might have been a preteen, maybe a teenager and I just said it'll be psychology because I give people advice and I just never really like you know veered away from it mm-hmm. so I got to college I finished in psychology I went to a PhD program in neuroscience mm-hmm. uh I was I was doing um, longitudinal studies on mice and cancer, and I, I I can remember being there, and you know, it was essentially like I, my my entire life, I should say, was there. Mm-hmm. But during my free times or times where I could find it, I would try to figure out a way to like 
study marketing and advertising. Mm. And I started to have this like passion for mm-hmm. business out of the blue. Um, and what I didn't realize is that it was somewhere in the middle between business and like creativity that I was looking for because I just felt a bit bored. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up dropping out of a full ride scholarship. Oh, in program. Mom wasn't happy. Was nobody was happy. <laughs> Nobody was happy. Um, I was happy, but nobody else was happy. Mm-hmm. And um, I made a, a, a strong shift. I went for my MBA and then I turned right around and I went and got a um, and did graduate studies in design and graduated from Portfolio Center of Design out of Atlanta. Um, and that ended up just completely shifting my life and Mm -hmm. it ended up being the right move for me. I then got into consulting, um, and ideation consulting, uh, working with like SY partners Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, working with amazing fortune 500 companies, um, working in design and branding Mm -hmm. and helping those companies become more design driven. Right. So that's sort of how I initially got into this industry. Mm-hmm. Well, but let's be honest, uh, you know, marketing and branding and things like that, psychology and neuroscience and things play a very large role, um, you know, because we're thinking about why people are doing something, you know, why are they buying something? Why are they not buying? Um, you know, how are they connecting with us? All of those various things. So I, I think it's a perfect path that you went down. Oh, thank you. And actually what you're saying is completely true. Um, And it lines up with what we call organizational psychology, Mm -hmm. um, sort of like the the habits of consumers and why they make the decisions that they make. And I actually did study that for a while Mm -hmm. um, and debated if I would go into that or if I would go into neuroscience. And so um, I ended up picking neuroscience, but all of it does actually relate a lot. And I use a lot of my psychology background, so to Mm -hmm. say. Uh, and I apply it quite a bit to branding because uh, branding and psychology, they really do um, work in tandem mm-hmm. with one another, similar right. to how marketing and, and branding work together. Mm-hmm. But I kind of see them as uh, one bird and, you know, one wing is marketing and one mm-hmm. wing is branding. Right. So, yeah, you need them both. Mm-hmm. Right. So how did you come up with your company name? I love We Are Provoke. Um, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I look at this and, you know, I'm, I'm a little old and a little fuddy day. I'm probably, I'm, I am old enough probably to be your mother. Um, you know, and, and so it, it, it really intrigues me because you're definitely more edgy, more on the cutting edge, you know, even just reading your bio, I'm like, Oh, this is so exciting, but it wouldn't be for me. Um, but you know, how, how did you come up with the company name? That's a good question. I, um, I remember when I was trying to think of a name and, you know, when I thought of the word provoke, mm-hmm. um, I thought that related quite a bit to um, emotions mm-hmm. and how when you create a brand, it's really about sort of pulling and tugging on the emotions of people mm-hmm. um, and using sort of situations and storytelling, um, you know, making the customer the hero, so to say, within a story mm-hmm. to draw them to making certain conclusions on their own. And and you want to pr- provoke the emotions within people. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I came to the name provoke. The problem was that there's a lot of companies in the world that have the word provoke in it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and some I, that aren't mm-hmm. ones you'd want to be associated with. Yeah, true. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I decided to make it, we are provoke, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, to sort of set it up as, uh, us being a studio that helps you, um, provoke consumers in mm-hmm. the way that you want them to go. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I actually ask that on purpose because your a company name is very much part of its brand. Um, oh yeah, you know, and 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 that's where it you know, we have to think when we're initially starting our company, or maybe even you know, as we're going through our company, what does the name say? You know, is it something that pertains to our business? You know, and for some people, it's their name. I mean, you know, I use my name, um, you know, and, and 
it, for others, it's like, well, this doesn't pertain at all, or they've shifted businesses. And so for companies, when especially if you're just starting out, really think about it. You know, think about it. What is your name saying as that brand? And then how is it, how is everything else coming from that? You know, your, your logo, all of those various things. Absolutely. You know, um, your name, um, brand naming is very, very important. And often, um, I like to give the advice to um, my clients because, you know, I provide consulting uh, to companies that are in the ideation phase. So mm-hmm. meaning that um, I, I give consulting no matter where the business is at um, mm-hmm. within the um you know, within their stage, so Mm -hmm. to say. But um, I help a lot of companies that are still in the ideation phase Mm -hmm. and they're trying to figure out what they want to offer, what service or product. And by the time we sort of like narrow that down and then we get to the place of naming, Mm -hmm. I have them read this book. Um, I think it's called Hi, My Name is Awesome. Um, I like that. Yeah, yeah. You can get it on, um, you can get it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Forgive me that um, her name is not coming to my mind right now. But she's amazing and her book is amazing. I always have my clients read it that Mm -hmm. are at the naming phase. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because, you know, it's very important that the name that you come up with surprises people. Mm -hmm. It should have like, it, it should in a sense, have a little bit of an entertainment edge to it, especially mm-hmm. if you're selling to consumers. Right. Now, if you're business to business, you know, you can go a little bit more on the professional side, mm-hmm. but even then there should still be some sort of happy jolt of excitement mm-hmm. when people hear your name, you know, something that is infectious, that makes mm-hmm. people smile. I, I like to think of like the name Google and how to this day, when people say Google, they it's kind of funny and fun right. to say. You, you almost like, have to smile when you say Google. You, you have to smile or mm-hmm. you just let me Google it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like people love that. And um, it's it's sort of like when you're doing that and you're creating that name, it's a mixture between art and a science. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the book, actually, uh, she talks about the fact that it needs to pass um, the industry um, smile and scratch test. Huh. so to say. And so uh, I know it hasn't, it's, it's very much an art and science. A lot of times we assume that we can just, you know, I'm creative en- enough to come up with a name. But mm-hmm. when I say there's a lot that goes, a lot of science that actually goes mm-hmm. into brand naming that people don't actually think about. And it's the reason that businesses invest a lot of money into coming up with mm-hmm. that name, because it is, it's sort of like that first, um, uh, that first interaction you have with a brand before you even land on their website, Mm -hmm. before you see their logo, a lot of times you're hearing the name. And Mm -hmm. if the name is intriguing enough, you're going to go look them up and Mm -hmm. you're going to remember it. It's very important that the name is memorable. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, sometimes the, the name goes in the opposite direction. You know, what we've got going on here in Atlanta right now is SunTrust Bank merged with another bank and oops, I can't remember who they are, but they have a new name and it's Truest. And we're like, wow, you see, and we, that's, we all kind of had that Truest. So just a couple days ago, they took down the big signs on the Atlanta Braves ballpark that said SunTrust Park. And now it says Truest Park. And people are like, what is a Truest? Is it even a word? You know, and and you can make up words. I mean, Google, I think, probably was a word that was made up. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's funny the reaction that truest has gotten from people, and very rarely has it been positive. It's been more along the lines of either "Oh my heavens" or "Huh," you know. And and so it's it's been interesting from a marketing perspective to to watch this. Yeah, you know, that's funny because I actually used to bank with SunTrust. They were like one of my very first. Um, yeah, since they're based here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since they're based in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Truest, you know, um, what I do like about the name is that it's implying that they're going to be the most honest bank. Right, truth. Or mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that that's definitely saying something because when you think of other banks, like, for example, SunTrust, um, I, the, the trust part of the, of the word, it, it is, is trying to imply that, of course, you know, we are, uh, a place that you can trust and put your faith mm-hmm. in, and we're going to, you know, uh, treat your, 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 um, 
your investments right or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the the sun adding sun to trust kind mm-hmm. of like in a way removes the word trust or mm-hmm. or kind of like not removes it, but sort of like you don't focus on it as much. Um, right. But when it's something like truest, it, it it's just it's blaringly mm-hmm. letting you know what it is that they're about. But at the mm-hmm. same time, they, it seems like they've made a word up, which right. is not a bad thing, actually, no. um, yeah. because it's it's ownable. Mm-hmm. It's something that if you put it into Google, you know, nothing right. else is going to come up. Nothing. Yeah. More than yeah. likely, mm-hmm. you know. It might um, try and auto correct you for a while, but <laughs> it might. <laughs> Right. It might initially, but mm-hmm. uh, but if if they have that domain, it's definitely going to come up. So mm-hmm. having a a word that is not, you know, you don't have to worry about you know the trademarking around mm-hmm. it, and you know uh, other people feeling like mm-hmm. you've used their name, and right. you know competitors in the industry having a very similar mm-hmm. name, which actually most businesses go that route. Mm-hmm. They come up with names that. They Google their competitors, they research their competitors, and they see, oh, everybody's using, uh, for example, um, this is a bad example, but let's just say it's co-working, a co-working mm-hmm. space. And it's like, co, 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 mm-hmm. co, co, work, 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 mm-hmm. work, work, mm-hmm. you know, and, and versions of that. And they think, ah, now everyone's going to know that this, I'm a part of this thing. But mm-hmm. it doesn't differentiate. It just makes you blend in more, right. Right. you know, and, and that's not always the way to go either. Mm-hmm. So creating something that you know, gets people talking about it, whether good or bad, actually, in a way, it's doing its job. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you work with people to create an iconic brand. So what the heck is an iconic brand? (laughs) Um, I'm happy you asked that. So um, typically, when companies are creating a brand identity, well, actually, let me start here. Most companies, most new companies, um, startups, unless they're what I call unicorn, unicorn brands that have like tons of funding up front, um, you know, they have, you know, people backing them. They can go to like, you know, big agencies mm-hmm. out in the world and have, you know, spend hundreds of thousands right. of dollars on their brand identity, right? But those are not your average company. Yeah, we're, um, we're not all Kardashians. We're not all, right? We are, we are, you know, most people that start businesses, they still have their full-time job, mm-hmm. they're bootstrapping, they don't have the funds for that, right? And so, but they want something that's strong. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening a lot of the time is that brands um, or new businesses, they, they, they think, well, I'm creative. I'll just do my own logo mm-hmm. and they cut mm-hmm. the corners here. Right. Um, and this is a very, I, I, I actually think this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see businesses make. Um, it, it, it hurts the business in mm-hmm. many, many, many ways. But what ends up happening is that it sort of like makes it very hard for them later Mm-hmm. to try to create something that's iconic because they've closed a lot of their own right. doors. Um, and, and, and the first impression that customers or clientele receives from them, that is who they believe that you are. And they stick you in that box and they usually leave you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's going to take one mighty rebrand later to change their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, you know, Provoke does is we help the small businesses who don't necessarily have the funding to go to, you know, the pentagrams of the world. They're amazing. Love pentagram. Mm-hmm. But they don't have the funding to go to a pentagram or, right. you know, um, to go to um, one of the major agencies in the world. They, they can come to an agency like Provoke and we can help them create something that competes with the big guys. Mm-hmm. We help them um, sort of you're a startup, but we help you behave like an icon, right? right? And so uh, they come to us to create an iconic logo, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Which, you know, an iconic logo is something that is timeless. It's simple Mm -hmm. and it's not too complex. It's memorable. It's appropriate for your industry. It's versatile. It's legible. It comes in different scales, big and small, and and people can, you know, actually read it and understand what Mm -hmm. it says. It's clever, right? Think about the Amazon logo. Mm -hmm. Um, Think about the FedEx logo, how it has an arrow in it. And Amazon has the Amazon smile. Like those, those logos 
are what we call iconic logos. Mm -hmm. You never forget them. You know them as soon as you see them. Um, and even when it comes to, for example, the brand name, the name becomes a verb. Those mm -hmm. things don't happen by accident, right? right? Um, instead of saying search engine, you say Google. Instead of say, grab me a tissue, you say a Kleenex. Mm -hmm. You know, these things were crafted and they were invested in. Mm -hmm. And uh, most companies think, well, we don't have the money to, to create that yet. So we'll have to do it later. But do you have later? Right. <laughs> right. Because if you're trying you to do that? it later, you're, it is almost like you're starting completely over. Right. And you're going to be behind. Mm -hmm. You, so like you, you'll think that you're saving yourself time, money, blah, blah, blah. But Actually, what you're doing is setting yourself behind um, the industry because the rest of your industry more than likely has taken the time to invest in their brand strategy, their brand identity, their packaging, their website, their photography. And then you come out halfway, mm -hmm. right, with, you know, I shot this on you know, my iPhone, which is not a bad thing. The iPhone camera is great, but you have to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I created this logo myself and I'm not educated in design and, you know, I'm an accountant. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's kind of like I compare it to, I compare it to representing yourself in a criminal trial. And mm -hmm. people are always like, that's so intense. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that because well, this is your business. This right. is what you want to become. Your, your livelihood depends on it. <laughs> it depends on mm -hmm. it. So if you decide I'm going to represent myself and I have zero experience in law, do you think you're going to win? Mm -hmm. More than likely. Most likely you're not. And they're, and they're going to laugh at you mm -hmm. right. <laughs> while you're at it. Right. Um, and so the, and they're not going to think twice about you and they're going to push you around. And, you know, and so you, you're not making a mark for yourself. You're essentially keeping yourself really small mm -hmm. and trying to compete with people that, in a sense, you won't really have a real stab at because. Mm -hmm you sold yourself short and whether your product or your service is great products or services don't sell themselves. Mm -hmm. The brand sells the product or right. service. So if right. you don't invest, you can get in the product or service yeah. in a multiple right. you know, ways yeah. in yeah. places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, and, and so essentially, you know, um, your, your name, you know, um, can help you be set up as uh, iconic. And we discussed that earlier, your mm -hmm. logo, also, you know, creating a, a iconic brand identity. Mm -hmm. um, companies with strong design systems outperform weak design systems by 219% mm -hmm. wow. on the S&P index mm -hmm. over a span of 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that your identity stands out and is differentiated, especially if you're selling commodity products. Mm -hmm. So if you sell like orange juice, paper towels, or mm -hmm. something that people can buy and there are a million competitors that sell it, this is where brand really, I personally believe is the most important because mm -hmm. how are you going to differentiate yourself in the market if your product is essentially the same as everyone else's? Right. So um, no matter what industry you're, um, you're in, and even if you're selling something that no one has ever heard of, the messaging and the visual aesthetic of the brand is what helps consumers mm -hmm. and customers um, or clientele make the decision on who to, pur who to purchase mm -hmm. um, the product with. Uh, I believe it drives, uh, your brand drives 34% of buying decisions. And actually your price and your, uh, your product or service features fall behind the brand. Mm -hmm coming in at like 20, wow. 20 something percent. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's very important. I think people don't realize it and mostly because they don't understand really what branding is. And it's mm -hmm. sort of like this intangible thing. And most people think branding and marketing are the exact same and they're very different beasts. Mm -hmm. um, and so they kind of just say, well, because it confuses them and they don't know how it is or even what the services are they just say i'll do everything myself right <laughs> so so right. yeah and to me it's all about being professional and being taken seriously um i remember you know 20 over 20 years ago when i was starting my business i i got some very good advice they said you know you need to do all of the things that make you look like you've been in business for years so that nobody ever even questions wait a minute you mean you started this company a month ago 
And part of that is that look, you know, and, and unfortunately, what happens is exactly what you've been saying. You know, we've, we've got the small business owner, the entrepreneur that thinks, I'm going to start doing business. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's fashion, whether it's a service, whether it's, you know, they're opening a restaurant, all of these various things. And, and they think, well, I'm just, I'm just going to start. So I'm just going to call myself, you know, XYZ Landscaping Company, you know, or, you know, and, and, and they don't really think through where are we going to be in the future, which is so funny because the, the, the guests that I had on the program that I, I uh, interviewed earlier this week, we talked about you have to think for the future. You know, where do you want to be 5, 10, 15 years ago? And that's really what you're pl- or in, in the future. Um, so, you're, you know, that's really what we're planning for. So, if you're just planning, you know, okay, I'm going to start doing business and going to get a checking account and maybe, you know, some business cards, that's not going to work. Because in this day and age, we, as the consumers, look at it and go, well, you don't take yourself very seriously. So why should I take you very seriously? And more importantly, why should I give you my money? Yes. Oh, you, you've hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, being professional, appearing professional, and actually on top of that, um, um, piggybacking off of what you just said, uh, I always say that this is a game of puffer fish mm-hmm. because it is no matter if you started yesterday, great. You know, we all have to start somewhere. Right. You shouldn't look like you started mm-hmm. yesterday because right. me, my job as the consumer is to, if I'm going to be honest, it's not to pick the person that started yesterday is to pick. Right. Cause I want to be working with them for a long time. Yeah. And I want to guarantee that what I'm receiving is the best. And, to, and if we're going to be honest, very similar to a job experience and mm-hmm. when headhunters mm-hmm. go looking for the best employee, they're right. looking for the one that has the most experience. Now, this is not always the case when it comes to new businesses, because sometimes mm-hmm. you have the hottest new products and mm-hmm. people want you know a piece of that. But they're assuming that somehow you've done the research necessary to thrust yourself out ahead of competitors. Right. And that you have this, you, you've essentially played the game of pufferfish. You mm-hmm. look like you're bigger, better, badder, mm-hmm. the next best thing, and your product is the best thing on the market. Even if you did start yesterday, you don't appear like you started mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, and, and that's a really, really big deal. And if you, you know, in the world of DIY, DIY everything, um, or, you know, go to, um, I'll leave the names out, but, you know, go to, you know, um, just like your, you know, a cheap, a cheaper, you know, platform that can give me the cheapest designer whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do my logo somewhere. Lord knows where you have no idea where they're located, what their mm-hmm. background is, if they're trained, if they've gone to school for this, you know, if they have um, experience with Fortune 100 or Fortune 500, you won't have any idea. You know what I mean? And, and right. you're just getting a $50 logo mm-hmm. and you think that's your brand. Mm-hmm. And that is one of, I think that's the biggest mistake I see some new businesses mm-hmm. do every single day. Right. And it's, and the ones that I watch do that, unfortunately, are usually the ones I watch either be stagnant and stay you know, really small, not even making it into uh, what I can, what I call like the legitimate small business size, mm-hmm. which is five, the five million to ten million dollar range. They stay under that, and they never really make make it to the five million or even the one million mark. Maybe not even the five hundred thousand dollar mark. And they say, "Well, I have seventy five thousand followers on Instagram," and I say, "Well, tell me what your revenue is." Right. And Are those seventy five thousand people going to buy something from you? Right, right. Is that actually, you know, turning into sales, converting mm-hmm. into sales? The greater majority of the time, the Instagram businesses that we watch, they're not. Mm-hmm. I talk to them every day. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and they, and a, one of the greatest reasons why is because most of the time they're either doing it, they're, they're DIYing it or they're going to, you know, their local online marketplace where mm-hmm. they can find the cheapest design possible and calling it a brand right. and unfortunately you sell yourself short and no one takes you seriously and mm-hmm. therefore you can't get on the shelves you can't get into the, the stores you want or you know into the marketplaces that you want um and into customers hands because mm-hmm. the doors will close on you right. um when they look at you and they say no mm-hmm. 
Right. No, well, and when you have an inexpensive designer do something for you, you know, how do you know they didn't copy it from somebody else? And, you know, oh. and, and then you could get yourself in a world of hurt on something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, a, um, that's actually a really common issue because mm-hmm. um, online with uh, some of the different marketplaces that exist out there, um, they plagiarize a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a, actually a really, really, really big problem. Right. There's and a I've reason they can do it so quickly. Right. It's a reason. It's, it's because, you know, they're looking they're looking at each other for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times there, it's not even inspiration. It's just play. Cause think about it. Anybody can get onto those marketplaces and mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, and say, I'm a designer. It's not like um, becoming a lawyer or a dentist or something where you are required to have an education mm-hmm. and a license to practice. So anybody can today decide to say I'm a designer. Mm-hmm. The reason that this is dangerous um, for customers is because when you invest your money into them and you essentially put your livelihood in their hands mm-hmm. without understanding if their resume is truly what it is, if their portfolio is actually theirs, if it's original and, you know, if they are well practiced and studied, um, essentially you end up handing your business to somebody that can't actually execute what they mm-hmm. say that they can. And, and because you don't have the trained eyes to know, you know, uh, if something's plagiarized mm-hmm. right. or if something aesthetically can, for example, is at the level enough to eventually get mm-hmm. you in Target, Walmart, uh, you know, Sephora, wherever mm-hmm. it is right. that you want to get into, mm-hmm. right? You won't know because your eyes aren't trained enough. Um, and, and, and this is very much an area that really does require a great understanding to know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And and I can't lie. Otherwise it can be, it can end up coming out a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. And that's right. why it's just better not to cut the corners. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it is expensive to start a business, especially if it is something that you're wanting to be a long-term type of thing. You know, if it's something you're going to do, you know, evenings, weekends, whatever, still give it some thought because it might turn into something long-term. But, you know, it's, it's, it is very important to consider some of this. And, and you know, and, and working with a, a true designer who knows things. You know, like, I, I worked with a designer one time, and I told him I needed the file in an EPS format, and they didn't mm-hmm. know what I meant. Oh and I gosh. thought, okay, no, no, don't need them. Um, you know, and, and so there's just some basics that, that need to be done. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the way back generation where we had, we used fax machines a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had to design logos that were faxable. So for example, if your logo had a bunch of light yellow in it, that was gone when you faxed it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so now we still on occasion might want to do it as black and white, which is essentially what we were doing, you know, with something like that. But, but that, that comes into knowing how you're going to use it where you're going to do because there are some businesses that still do faxing. I mean, you know, and do you want your logo to have disappeared? Um, you know, and, and so that's part of that research and, and the thought that goes into things when you're starting your own company. Um, you know, and, and, and again, it, it is about designing the logo that matches. You know, years ago, we worked with a professional photographer who her logo was hand-drawn very clearly by crayon by her daughter. And it was the cutest thing in the world. However, her sessions started, and this was a good chunk of time ago, at $5,000 a session. So there was an immediate mismatch, you know, because you Mm -hmm. looked at that logo and you went, oh, isn't that cute? And she charges how much? And so, you know, what we did was we redesigned the logo and, you know, and Mm -hmm. and designed it as a much more sophisticated piece. Um, all of her materials became very sophisticated. You know, the, the, we, you know, what we printed on was, you know, we printed on vellum, which, you know, and, and very expensive paper. You know, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't going to work to do the eight ninety five Vistaprint business cards. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so that is part of thinking about what you want to be as that business. And, you know, there's nothing that says that when you're just starting out, you have to be the cheapest guy on the block. Who wants to be the cheapest guy on the block? Right. 
nobody. Right, right. You know, yeah. and now we might not be able to charge the premium prices, but you mm-hmm. need to be thinking about what am I going to do when I can, you know, and, and is it going to look like I cheaped out at the very start? Right. Um, and, and, and that, because that affects whether, you know, the customer chooses you or not. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think an, another thing too, that, that people have to understand is um, how much uh, their brand touches because it's not even just mm-hmm. their logo or their colors or their right. fonts. It's their visual messaging. It's it's what you're saying. It's the storytelling. Mm-hmm. What makes an iconic brand is that they're supreme storytellers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're really good at that. You know, um, also that they're innovative, you know, within all their departments. Mm-hmm. They're, they're design driven. You know, they are, they put emphasis on, um, around, you know, their brand guidelines, their core beliefs, mm-hmm. and the core beliefs really reflecting that of their customers' beliefs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They thought about the brand personality, the attributes, the packaging. They thought about even the product design itself mm-hmm. or the service design itself. Um, they thought about, you know, the retail design. They thought about their patterns. They mm-hmm. thought about their employees and what they should represent. Um, and And actually, you know, uh, thinking about their consistency, you know, for example, are you going to be Popeye's or are you going to be Chick-fil-A? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I go to you to have anything, any service done, or I come and buy a product from you, uh, am I going to get something different every time? Is mm-hmm. the, is the customer service going to be different every time? Is right. the product going to deliver on the promise, the mm-hmm. brand promise every time? These are all things that are part of branding. It mm-hmm. literally touches everything. Mm -hmm. It's your reputation. Right. Um, And if you don't manage and create your reputation, you're going to let it just Mm -hmm. happen haphazardly Mm -hmm. and let the customers, because a brand, you're a brand, no matter how you see it, the customers are going to create a a brand around you if you Mm -hmm. don't create it. And it's never good Mm -hmm. (laughs) when a customer creates a brand around Mm -hmm. you. Um, to say who you are instead mm-hmm. of you saying who you are. So it, it, it's just a must. Uh, and, and, and if this is something that you want to really pay off for you in the long run, understand that it's an investment that you just have to make this, the same way with uh, if you have to create a product, would you create the cheapest product you possibly mm-hmm. can right or would you create the best product you possibly can this is the other side of that bird wing i was mm-hmm. talking about um it's like creating the best product but then i don't do anything with the brand and mm-hmm. i hope the product sells itself uh because it's so good right, right? well the customer is never going to know if it's good or not mm-hmm. because it does it doesn't look good Right. And your brand is supposed to tell me if you look, if, if you're really as good as, as you say you are, mm-hmm. or the reason that you're on this shelf is because you're saying I'm a, I'm a top performer and you know, this product is amazing. You should pick me, mm-hmm. but you know, why should I pick you? What's different about you? What's authentic about you? What's amazing about you? What's quality about you? Uh, are you communicating to me that you're just, you're the cheapest thing here or are you communicating to me that you're the most valuable thing Mm -hmm. here and I think that you know like I said earlier most people just feel okay well this is all great and wonderful but I just don't have the funds so later on I'm going to do it and again that's why I always bring it back to the question of do you have later Mm -hmm. and and are you um uh will the customer grant you (laughs) (laughs) that grace Mm -hmm. (laughs) later Mm -hmm. Um, most of the time if they've ever heard of you before they won't Mm -hmm. so yeah right you know and and it is you know as we were saying it is tricky because you're just starting out you know your your funds are virtually all the time limited you know you you probably didn't win on shark tank um you know and and Mm -hmm. so you you do have to to do that but if you're not starting out right then you know it's and now you that's not to say that you can't improve and change things um you know because we see that happen all the time but oh you you, you need to get started on the right foot and then you mentioned something that was very important and that's consistency 
You know, so not only do you create this brand, you have to consistently use it. So it's not, okay, well, today I feel like I'm going to use this font and this color and oh, tomorrow I'm going to do it this way. No, no, it doesn't work that way. And mm-hmm. you have to communicate that to, to anybody else who might be using your brand. Um, years ago, I was, in the, I was head of, of corporate communications for one of the ING companies. And ING's logo was an orange lion. And people did all sorts of things with our little orange lion, you know, they, and, (laughs) and, you know, I mean, it was, and, and we would say, no, 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 you know, you, you don't get to change our logo, whether you're, you know, a partner or, you know, one of the people that changed how our logo was one time, we donated a van to children's hospital and they changed our logo. They, they made it a cute little lion. And I said, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's not going to work, um, you know, or people, you know, they, they added little lion cubs. No, our lion didn't have cubs, you know, and, and so it's, it was, it's very important to always talk about that consistency. I mean, you know, you're not going to see the Nike swoosh doing something different or Coca-Cola as a different font and not red, right? You know, so, yep. so yep. all that needs to be communicated. It really does. That's very, very important that you're consistent. Um, that's why I say I always ask, are you Popeyes or are you Chick-fil-A? Right. <laughs> and if Which you're going, you uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and, and we all know, you know, uh, who, who we're going to choose between mm-hmm. the two, right, when it comes to consistency. Because I have to know, you know, that consistency has to go beyond even mm-hmm. their visual aesthetic, you know, of the logo and the colors and the, you know, I mean, it has to come mm-hmm. all the it trickles down into everything. Mm-hmm. It's the entire brand experience. Right. And I want it to be consistent every time. Right. The customer right. has so much, so much experience. They're seeing, um, you know, upwards to 5,000 advertisements a day. People mm-hmm. don't realize how many they right. look at in a day oh, on yeah. average. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're trying, you're, you're saying, hey, me too. Look at me, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then if they make the decision to engage with you, right, um, then they want to make sure that that experience is consistent every mm-hmm. single time. And right. not just consistent, it's excellent every single time right. and it needs to be able to do that without the owner like if mm-hmm. the owner of the brand the stakeholders are not there um does the brand still perform that mm-hmm. well right does is it still consistent is it still the you know what is it still excellent and mm-hmm. what you intended it to be right if the brand falls apart once you step away as the owner mm-hmm. there's a problem because it should be standing on its own two feet. Mm-hmm. Right. And the reputation isn't your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, if we're talking about a, a personal brand, this is a different conversation. But right. if we're talking about a, a business that ser- sells a product service or is a nonprofit, um, then, you know, in that case, it has to be able to stand on its own two mm-hmm. without, without, without you. Right. Um, and communicate the message that's necessary and its excellence. Um, apart from you. Mm-hmm. So yes, consistency is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's talk about personal branding. Um, because for many of us, you know, we are the company, um, you know, and whether we're doing a product or a service, it, the company is us. And we might not mm-hmm. ever even have employees or we might only yep. have virtual employees or something like that. And, and, you know, I'm sure you see this a lot, especially with say fashion designers, um, entertainers, you know, people like that, they truly are their brand. So, you know, how do you work with, with people like that? So for personal branding, I take a bit of a, a different, a slightly different route, right? There's definitely a lot of crossover but when a person comes to me that needs personal branding, you know, it's, it's actually, I reminisce on the Hillary campaign quite a bit mm-hmm. because in the sense that was, even though it's politics, mm-hmm. it's a lot of personal branding, right. so to say. Right. It, and it was um, a very unique circumstance. I mean, she was the first oh, yes. female um, candidate that, you know, of, of any, sub, you know, any substance. And, and so there was a lot there that, that we can learn from, whether you, you know, liked her or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we had to um, think about the fact that 
um, the, the really interesting thing about that, um, the presidential campaign is that it break, it broke a lot of, um, typical branding rules, so to mm-hmm. say, um, because there were a lot of rules in branding. There was also a lot of rules in design, um, rules that are, that are necessary and there for a reason. But typically in branding, they will say you cannot target everybody. Right. Uh, well, a presidential campaign has to target everybody. <laughs> So, um, and even if it's Democratic or uh, Republican, they have a goal of, uh, if they're Democratic, to to target Republicans still, you Mm -hmm. know, and get them on their side because of the policies and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's actually very hard to do because you have to then turn around and make sure that the colors are inclusive. There are Mm -hmm. certain colors you need to stay away from. The um, the fonts, Mm -hmm. fonts have personalities. You know, so if a font has too much personality or, um, you know, or too whimsical, yeah, serious, too edgy or, you know, too childlike or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can have fonts can have so many parts, mm-hmm. um, so many parts and pieces to what we call their anatomy um, that it can cause people to say, that's not my tribe. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're trying to adopt them into your tribe. And so you have to like consider that. And it needs to be, it can't, I don't want to say not have any personality, mm-hmm. but it needs to play really well with everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is an art and a science. So, right. um, you know, creating the brand around her when it came to like the visual aspect mm-hmm. uh, was very, very strategic mm-hmm. right and it also needed to match her personality mm-hmm. you know and, and, and people already knew her I mean it wasn't like you were starting from yes. scratch right right but we were also doing you know somewhat of you know in a way a bit of rebranding mm-hmm. you know what I mean so that you know whatever assumptions that people had um about her you take the visual design the photography mm-hmm. uh for example in a lot of her in a lot of the designs we would take uh pictures of her and we would um what we call silo like we would silhouette them remove the background mm-hmm. and put it on a solid color and mm-hmm. have her forward facing mm-hmm. you know she always looks forward why mm-hmm. because she's progressive right she's always moving towards positive change mm-hmm. right and so there are things that you do to create um, a reputation around the person aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are all things that um, were very much, you know, considered during um, the campaign mm-hmm. and, and doing like creating that personal, that personal brand around mm-hmm. her. Right. So, well, um, and she yeah. definitely had to be a brand unto herself. You know, she yeah. had a very strong partner. That's you now, <laughs> and who knew? And but she had to separate herself without completely separating herself. I mean, you know, that's and and you know, we see that all the time too with people where you know they they're they're you know they're starting their own business, you know, but people know them as the wife of the husband of you know, and and so how do you stand you know uh, you know without getting rid of that? Because that's the other thing, you know, that's, that's part of who we are as that individual. So you don't want to completely ignore it. But, but yeah, you know, when you're creating that new individual entity, that's what was so cool about this. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, actually, um, something that can be applied to personal branding in general is that um, one thing I think people don't think about when they're creating the personal brand that I'd like to point out that Hillary, um, um, Hillary Clinton actually um, understood very well is that the brand actually shouldn't really be about you, mm-hmm. even though um, it's your personal brand and you're right. selling something, right? Or you're mm-hmm. saying something. Um, this thing is about the people, mm-hmm. whoever your people are whoever your people group is, mm-hmm. it has to be about them. Right. And, you know, with the presidential campaign, um, you know, we had to think about all the, the different classes of people mm-hmm. we needed to target, which was, you know, every race, every color, national mm-hmm. origin, their gender, religion, age, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. marital status, citizenship status, all these things are protected groups. Mm-hmm. These are all protected groups that a lot of people would say, you know, uh, many uh, or other other people are, are unsympathetic to, so to mm-hmm. say. But her job was to 
to look to not look at these groups as opportunities or right. target and certainly not be seen as to, looking at like that mm-hmm. right right but to just be inclusive of of everybody mm-hmm. which was a very important thing for for that campaign was mm-hmm. um being inclusive of people and so we had to make sure that since this was targeting um all of these different protected groups and people groups, um, we needed the brand not to be too stylized, mm-hmm. right? It, but it also had to reach people on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And what was amazing about that is that we, even though we didn't win, we did do that. We created a brand that allowed people to take it and turn it into their own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, um, I'm with her. You know, people turned it into different memes and mm-hmm. gifts and right. they made their own posters and they and they would hand draw them. Same thing with Love Trump's hate. They would take it and they turned it into their mm-hmm. own thing. But that's because the brand, it was strong, mm-hmm. well designed, but not too stylized in the sense that they couldn't, that people couldn't take it and make it their own mm-hmm. and feel like they're included in it. That's very much a science. It's right. much easier right. said than done. Uh, actually, it's very, very hard to do mm-hmm. um, um, and still appear strong and not like everybody else. But if you pay attention, mm-hmm. this this go round, a lot of candidates look just like the Hillary campaign. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah they, they went, ooh, that worked. That worked, yep. And, and we want to, and, and I actually believe that, you know, our team set the standard, uh, brought the standard up for presidential campaigns and how they should um, look because usually... Uh, I feel that we don't put typically uh, campaigns, they don't put a whole lot of in, a whole lot of things, um, a whole lot of effort, I should say, and quality into the design. Mm-hmm. Um, they might focus on like a tagline, so to say, but they don't usually put a whole lot into the design. But mm-hmm. we sort of like push the bar way mm-hmm. up. You know, and that's one thing you have to give her. She considered everything, mm-hmm. um, things that that aren't aren't usually considered. And now, as a result, um, you know, uh, people who are running have to think about how do I appear? You right. know, how should I look in mm-hmm. my photography? How you know what are mm-hmm. my right. what are my colors and what are they trying to say mm-hmm. and communicate to people? What am I about and how can I visually say that mm-hmm. so that people understand? It should be all communicating to people who you are. It's very very mm-hmm. important. So um, I actually think there's a lot to be learned from that when it comes to personal branding mm-hmm. because, like I said, to tie it all back, um, this should re- this should be about the people. Mm-hmm. Whoever you're talking to, the values that they have, that's how your brand should look. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and the important thing, and, you know, I talk about this a lot on the program, you have to know who you are trying to reach. You know, you, yeah. have, to, you have to know who that niche is. You know, and, and I say this every time I talk about it, it is not everyone. You know, Starbucks doesn't try to reach everyone. Walmart doesn't try mm-hmm. to reach everyone. You know, they know exactly who they are trying to reach. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that that comes into your branding. I mean, you know, if you're trying to reach a, shall we say, more mature market, then you're, you're probably going to do it with bolder text and colors, you know, the, like primary colors almost. If you're trying mm-hmm. to reach much younger, then you can have more fun with it. You know, you can use a font mm-hmm. that maybe it's a little bit harder to read. I mean, you know, I will look at some logos now and go, I don't know what that says. But then I realize <laughs> I'm not their market. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, it is about knowing who you're trying to reach. And that takes a lot of work to figure that out, especially when you're starting out. You know, I talk about this all the time because we all think, oh, my God, I need to get money anywhere I can get money. No. You know, it's just like we're saying with with branding, it's so important to do it right from the start. Oh, yes, that's very important. And that's why conducting research, there's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a, um, there is a way that you should do it and uh, in Mm -hmm. order it should go in and Mm -hmm. it starts out with ideation, which is coming up with your idea, Mm -hmm. you know, then moving into brand naming, um, and debatable if you move into brand naming before research, I'd say do research first. Uh, so you start out with your market, you know, mm-hmm. your market research, creating your, your business plan. Um, and, you know, at the same time, uh, you can either do your brand plan at this point or in the next stage when it comes to clarifying your strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, 
doing that market research to figure out who it is you're targeting is very important. And not just who you're targeting, but like who has that market share? What mm-hmm. do they look like? Right. Are you selling the same thing that they're selling? If mm-hmm. so, how similar is it? How mm-hmm. can you differentiate yourself? And if it's the exact same, either you're going to have to really, you know, pipe down when it comes to, or like um, um, really focus when it comes down to your strategy mm-hmm. and your and designing your identity, or you have to go back to the ideation mm-hmm. stage and create something that's more innovative. So there's a really thought out process that's less art, more science, and, you know, really figure that out, you know, and, and, and market research, a lot of people pivot there mm-hmm. and go back to the ideation stage because, you know, that's where you figure out, um, you know, of course, like you said, the target market. But if that target market has habits that let's say you come in and you want them to change their habit and start using your soap or your mm-hmm. lotion. Right. Um, but they currently are very, very loyal to certain brands and this and these brands have that industry on lock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. it's on lock, it's innovative, they're mm-hmm. doing the research, they stay ahead of the curve, you know, and, and you're just coming out with plain old lotion or, mm-hmm. or lotion that just it has natural ingredients for what's different. Right. What why should I pick you? Mm-hmm. You know, what about you and, and how is it gonna provoke me to let go of what I'm using mm-hmm. and come pick your product up right. because now I'm making the change, right? Mm-hmm. And then how are you gonna make it easy for me to get that thing? Right. Mm-hmm. And what is it about your brand that's gonna be so amazing that it's gonna make me even think? to even give it one try. Oh, especially in the face of brand loyalty. You know, I bought that detergent for the last 59 years. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not changing, Mm -hmm. right? You know, so I think that people have to, you know, uh, they have to really think about that. The research portion of the, of, of, you know, a rebrand or branding Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and creating a company is a very, very important. This mm-hmm. is where you find out everything that your competitors are doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And and be honest with yourself and not not just side with your business because it's yours, but genuinely look, try mm-hmm. their products. Is it really is it better than yours? Right. <laughs> you right. know? And and let's be honest, there are times when you start doing all this research, you find out it's not gonna work. <laughs> and right. and and then you have to decide what are you going to do you know are it, it, it's never too late i mean you know you might have sunk money into it you might have done a whole bunch of stuff but if it's not going to be an entity that can go on you know maybe it is time to pivot and do something different but your research might have shown you what you could, what you need to do Absolutely. Your research really does tell you where you stand. And Mm -hmm. if you're honest with yourself about it and you do the research well, right? Mm -hmm. Because if if you're only doing research for a few hours or... Right. And just asking your friends who are going to tell you what you want. Yeah. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. There's... I mean, research in itself is a whole topic, Mm -hmm. you know? So you have to really, you know... Uh, do your due diligence with it mm-hmm. to make sure that you're even in the right market, that you really have a great product because a brand um, can't do all the work. The product, that's why I said it comes down to that bird, two wings, right? So mm-hmm. that product or service, it should be excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, when there's an excellent brand, the brand isn't being dishonest, right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. by uh, saying we're excellent, we're excellent. And then they come and try the product or service and they feel like they've been duped mm-hmm. because you haven't done the proper research ahead of time and you haven't created something ahead of time that really is stand out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it, research is, is very, it's vital. Mm-hmm. Right. Share. We're at the top of the hour. Can you believe it? I was going to tell you when we were part way, and I was just, we were gabbing so much, I didn't even notice. This has been <laughs> fascinating, you know, and, and we didn't even talk about how social media affects this. We talked about it before we even started the program. And so that just means we have to, to chat with you again. 
But, you know, it's branding, you know, we can't emphasize it enough. It is very critical for every business and for many individuals. You know, what is your personal brand? What is, you know, and, and so we definitely will be talking about this again. But between now and then, how do they reach you and connect with you online? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, would love to talk with you again. This was such a pleasure and uh, a really good time with you. Um, and they can reach me by going to weareprovoke.com, spelled just like it sounds, we, W-E-A-R-E, provoke, P-R-O-V-O-K-E.com. I spelled that right, didn't I? Yep. Weareprovoke.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, I'm on Instagram, at Um uh, there. I'm not on Facebook um, and I don't have a business LinkedIn, but um, you know, we're actually in year one of, mm-hmm. of uh, starting. So they can Which find shows that you can build your brand. Yes, absolutely. You can, we're still building on our side mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so absolutely. They can find, um, find us in those two places. Perfect. I love it. Well, again, it's weareprovoke.com. You've got great examples there of the work that you do. And so I encourage people to, to check that out. I've been having an absolutely wonderful time talking with Share Biggers. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.